In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, The Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the High Ground News on the Ground podcast, powered by The Daily Memphian and the OAM Network. High Ground's community-based journalists working with residents in Memphis neighborhoods to uncover what's moving the city forward. I'm Emily Trent. I'm the publisher and community engagement manager of High Ground, and we're currently focused on the Hickory Hill neighborhood. So, and we'll be there till the end of the year. So, if you have story ideas about Hickory Hill, please send them to us. We want to hear what you're thinking about and who you know in that neighborhood. But today, we're not, we're talking about not one of the neighborhoods per se, but we're talking about a new. Uh, a really exciting new program that we are launching here. I'm here with Cole Bradley, who Hello. many of you know, who's our managing editor, and Jared Myers, who is the executive director of the Height CDC. Hey, hey, Jared. Hey, how's it going? Good. So we are launching a new program, and it's called the Community Contributor Program, and it's designed to train the residents of our on-the-ground neighborhoods how to be essentially how to be freelance writers for High Ground News. And this is a, a program that we, we conceived of a while back because we are challenged in finding journalists in the neighborhoods that we work in. And we've been planning to do this for a while, but we recently got a Facebook grant. And we're really excited about launching it. So the way it's going to work is that we are going to, in October, run a six-week training program, and we are recruiting two potential journalists from four of our on-the-ground neighborhoods, the Heights, Frazier, Orange Mountain, South Memphis. Those are all neighborhoods we have done extensive reporting over the years, but the goal is to, at the end of the day, have some journalists who live in the neighborhoods report for his on an ongoing basis. Participants have to be residents of those neighborhoods. They have to, it's it's a program for adults. They have to know how to operate a computer, do word processing. But other than that, the requirements are very, they're very low. Um, That's probably not the right word. They're not onerous at all. We're looking to really cast a wide net and we've been having some information workshops this week to introduce the concept in the different neighborhoods. We met some great people and looking forward to putting together our first class. So I want to kick things off talking a little bit with Cole and Jared um, really about why this program is important and why we're excited about it, why capturing, lifting up the resident voice, why that's important to High Ground's work, and also why that's important to the Height CDC work. So, Cole, do you want to get started with that? Yeah, sure. I think, you know, the short answer is um, authenticity, and it's, um, you know, an insider's perspective, an emic perspective is um, ultimately more authentic. It's richer. It's more nuanced than an outsider can can ever hope 
to portray. And that's in any situation. It doesn't, doesn't matter if we're talking about neighborhoods or organizations or whatever. I mean, the reality of the situation is that someone who lives an experience has a set of expertise knowledge Mm -hmm. that someone who does not live that experience does not have and cannot have. So for us, I think, you know, the big, the big why behind Mm -hmm. this is it's not just high ground. In our conversations with other journalists, um, journalist teams, other publications in town, this is something that all publications struggle with, and that is representation uh, amongst our reporting staff. So the majority of reporters in Memphis, of journalists in Memphis, are educated. They have some sort of advanced college degree. The majority are between the ages of, say, 25 and 45. Uh, The majority are white. And a good chunk of them are men. And so having more diversity in a number of ways, we're not just talking racial diversity, we're talking age diversity, we're talking about education backgrounds and professional backgrounds, um, even people who have no professional backgrounds, um, per, you know, that are sort of formal professional backgrounds. There is a need and a benefit to having those people telling the stories of Memphis because they are in the stories of Memphis. They are of the stories of Memphis. And so for us, that's been the big why and the push. You know, we want more authentic stories. And for us, because our reporting is primarily neighborhood-based, we wanted to do that from the neighborhood level. And I will say, you know, Emily, you mentioned that ultimately we hope to create freelance writers for high ground. And we certainly do. We hope that these people stay on and become writers for us. But they can also go and write for any other freelance, you know, or go be freelancers for any other publication. The benefit of being a freelance journalist is the flexible, it's a very flexible schedule. It's sort of um, supplemental income for people who maybe already have jobs, but they're underemployed. And a lot, we know a lot of people in Memphis fall into those categories. They're people who could use supplemental income, who need flexible schedules. Uh, and this is just a good way to help folks make some more money and then also to get authentic stories. So, Jared, we were in the Heights not that long ago for three months doing our embedded coverage, and it was a wonderful experience. Met a lot of really great people from the different parts of the Heights, and but I know you uh, would love it if we uh, could actually get some of the residents of the neighborhood to be involved in the reporting process. Yeah, absolutely. And we were glad to have y'all for those three months. And um, the stories that were told and shared uh, were ones that I didn't know about. And I think that was a big goal for us through that. uh, And you guys being embedded in our community. Um, I think, though, that what you said, Cole, about authenticity is something that uh, is desired at a neighborhood level, uh, but it's also desired at a national level for thinking about how uh, stories are being told and shared right now. Um, I think it's uh, important at the, the national level because of, um, I think, just the polarization of our country and where it is right now, um, needing truth uh, to be told, and then no better way to, to have truth told than other than firsthand examples. So when you have people telling their own story, writing their own narrative from their community, that's what we need as a country, but it's also what we need. I sound like a politician because it's election season, but I'm not anywhere near. You that. have my vote, friend. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, I'll never run, um, and I don't say never lightly. But I think uh, to, to the question too of the shared goal, right, for high ground news and also for the neighborhoods to be able to identify 
leaders in our community who um, haven't had the opportunity to express their voice this way. Um, so I think that it's, to me, it's really awesome. And I can't wait to see who gets selected and who's a part of that. You know, there's something else, Jared, too, that, um, when we were in the Heights, we had numerous conversations around, and I think it's something that we as high ground, we struggle with and reflect on in every neighborhood we're in. And that's how do we connect being an online publication, working in marginalized neighborhoods where not everyone has consistent internet coverage and service, Mm -hmm. um, how do we get the stories into the hands of the community we're writing about? I mean, certainly our stories inform people in Memphis, but how, how do we reach the people in the neighborhood who are, who are in the stories? And I think this to me also speaks to that. You know, if residents are producing the stories, residents are better able to connect their neighbors to those stories too. So that's a, that's a great point, Cole. And, uh, because we do, we do. That is a challenge for us. Is the is the inter neighborhood communication, and also even before the stories get written, figuring out what the stories are. When we're in the neighborhood, when we're embedded, we're there a lot, and we are meeting people. And someone says, "Hey, there's a meeting next week at the school. You, sh- you guys should come." But once we leave, we're relying on you know. In the case of the Heights, you, Jared, and some of the other neighborhood association leaders. Well, I was going to say, you know, grass tops, which is kind of jargon, but the people that are Mm -hmm. leaders of the community-based organizations, we rely on them, but there's all kinds of interesting things going on that we don't know about. And if you're in the neighborhood, you can help flag those. Well, they don't necessarily know about them too, right? Mm -hmm. So like in the Heights, for example, the Heights is, you know, it's multiple smaller neighborhoods within one almost sort of zone or district. Oh yeah, Um, we have multiple neighborhoods and that's why we call our organization the Heights is because we have Mitchell Heights, Highland Heights, Graham Heights, Brinkley Heights. Uh, so we, we, we know we're serving a lot of different communities. Berkeley is very close and adjacent and overlaps with us, Nutbush as well. So we have that uh, need for, for, for us to be able to share those stories and to identify those. So I don't, right. I don't always hear about what's happening over at Geisman or what's happening up at Kingsbury and, and, and cause exactly. we are such a spread out neighborhood. Right. And each one of those, not each one of those neighborhoods, but many of those neighborhoods have their own neighborhood association and their, their, their grass top leaders who are still residents. They are still people. People who are very much on the ground in these neighborhoods, but there's no way for even just this handful of leaders, even though you, I think you guys do an excellent job of working in coalition with one another, but even so you can't expect you guys to have all of the knowledge either. I mean, to me, the more hands and the more voices that are involved in elevating neighborhoods and neighborhood stories, the better. Yeah. What, one of the biggest insults someone could give me is to call me an expert. I don't feel like I... Uh, live up to that. And even in community development, I, I, I think the term is used too casually. Um, but I, to your point, though, we, as far as like being a coalition and getting and working together and finding out where the stories are, um, we've recently did a direct mailing for a community event we had. And we uh, met some new neighbors for the first time. And I've lived in the community almost eight years now and met some new people for the first time that, that came to this meeting. And starting to rethink, and I think I emailed this to you, is that when these stories do get published in our community, we're looking for uh, opportunities from business owners or philanthropy to come offset the cost of a direct mailing so we can do a neighborhood newsletter. So VECA does a neighborhood newsletter. Other neighborhoods do them as well. And I think door-to-door mailing is, I mean, we're in an age of high ground news, daily Memphian. No no one's doing print anymore. I guess commercial appeal is the only one that shows up at the doorstep now. But 
Um, at a neighborhood level, that, that hardback copy does make a difference, and people still put those things on their refrigerators. Well, and interestingly, one of the we, as I mentioned, we had some information sessions in the four neighborhoods this week, and one of the people that came to the Heights is um, someone who does a neighborhood newsletter, and he called me to ask me about it, and he said he was hoping, in addition to writing for High Ground, it would make him a better reporter for his newsletter that he sends out. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, Emily. And, you know, I'm very excited, like, taking both of your comments just now in, in concert with each other. To me, the possibility for not just how could these writers that we are training with these basic journalism skills, not just how can they come right for high ground, but how can they participate in these, you know, neighborhood-based publications, but also how could high ground, you know, is this an opportunity for high ground to be sharing content into those neighborhood newsletters? And I mean, this is just one example of what I hope this program will do over time is to create these sort of, or bring to light these possible connections and these opportunities that move across lines and benefit, you know, all of us involved. Well, and build the capacity of neighborhoods to tell their own stories and to share it internally and externally to build neighborhood pride and to attract investment, all the things that High Ground tries to do, but on an ongoing and more, um, just a more, using that word authentic again, Right. To give you an example, after you guys were embedded in our community, uh, we saw more examples of people kind of coming forward with ideas. Right. So it's kind of that spark that you create through that uh, process. And I think that'll happen here, hopefully organically, once you identify the journalists and we were able to get them to, to be able to have their voice shared. Other people will hopefully come forward too through that. And uh, it's kind of those unique things. It's that, uh, uh, that effect it can have sometimes uh, when, you, when you start something and you see uh, first followers and other people kind of come behind you. When I also hope, you know, Emily mentioned that, that this is our, f- our pilot, essentially. This is a grant fund from Facebook, and we've been trying for a long time uh, to make this happen. And so this is our pilot, but we're also hoping to do another pilot um, in sort of North Memphis, Uptown, Bickford area, Bearwater area. And my hope is that this pilot program will make the case, will be successful enough and make the case and produce journalists that all of these different news orgs can you know, work with, et cetera, as well as these neighborhood orgs, right? And we make the case that this is worthwhile and it is a benefit to the city. And then, then we get more funding and we get to come back to the Heights and we get to go across our 12 now on the ground neighborhoods and keep doing this program. Well, you know? Nicole, in addition to that, that Bigford, Bearwater, Klondike, Smoky City area, we also um, are hoping to, and I don't think I told you about this, Jared, but after Hickory Hill, we're, go- we're doing sort of a longer engagement in North Memphis, where there's a number of smaller neighborhoods that we want to cover, like Douglas, New Chicago, Hollywood, Hollywood, Hyde Park. And so we're hoping to actually do the program while we're there. So it would become part of the on the ground program. Yeah. So essentially, like as our as our reporting team, as our on the ground team is there getting to know people and getting to know those stories that we're also at the same time actively identifying people who could become part of this training program so that when we maybe even by the time we leave the neighborhood, as Emily said, you know, when we do leave there, 
as much as we still maintain relationships, there is an immediate breakdown of how much engagement we're doing. That's the nature of the beast. We go from three months of very embedded reporting to, you know, um, past neighborhood reporting, which is less frequent. So as Emily said, you know, just the benefit of having those folks there from the beginning of that disconnect so that there is less disconnect overall. So let me just share some of the nuts and bolts of the program with our listeners. So it's, as, as I mentioned, there'll be eight participants, two each from the Heights, Orange Mound, South Memphis, and Fraser. And it's essentially a six-week training program. It'll be an hour and a half to two-hour workshops after work or on Saturdays. And the first month is going to be kind of the nuts and bolts of writing an article for High Ground with some background about sort of our solutions journalism approach, but really skills development. The The final two weeks of the program, the participants will actually be connected to a mentor who's one of our staff writers or uh, one of our freelancers that will actually help the participants shepherd through their first article for high ground. And the training is a paid training program. All the participants are paid a stipend for all of the workshops they attend. The participants are given a laptop computer they can keep. There's refreshments. There'll be transportation assistance if people need it. And then at the end, they're paid for the article that they publish and and hopefully there'll be other articles published. So that's the that's the the program uh, in a nutshell. Cole, I did want to ask you and then you Jared too is sort of a a little bit of a wrap up. Um, is that what's like what is now I'm gonna talk like uh, this is a grant application. I don't mean that, but like what does success look like? Like what what where will you say you know, this was really, this was great. This program was really a success. Yeah, I'll start off because um, there's different levels and metrics we could use, right? Using my grant terminology here of how do I identify if this program works or not? Uh, one, you get one article from one of these communities that's written by a neighborhood resident that wasn't a journalist beforehand or had a passion about journalism. Um, so, that that's a that's a success in and of itself is that you give someone an opportunity to do that. Um, the other thing would be relationships. Uh, at the core of community development, what we do is developing relationships with one another. High Ground News does that really well with the stories, uh, the journalists who show up who actually take a, a very uh, authentic interest um, in our community and in our neighborhood. Uh, so those relationships being formed as being a, a success to me, right, that they continue long after you guys are gone uh, through that programming and kind of keeps those relationships going. Um, and then lastly, this is job creation, right, in, in, a, in a sense of being able to give uh, opportunity for resources to come into the community. Uh, we want to welcome those resources and for people to get paid uh, what they deserve for the work they do. Um, and uh, I get excited about when that happens. So. Those, those are pretty good successes, I think, if, if we can achieve those. Cole, what about you as the editor of High Ground? Those were much more articulate uh, success indicators. My success, my biggest success indicator is, you know, do we wind up with a new, a new journalist on the other end? From an editorial perspective, I mean, that's what's important is having these folks who can tell these stories more authentically and um, regularly and all of that jazz. I think... Um, 
you know, the biggest thing for me is identifying passion. I think that's really the indicator of success. So what, when I say, you know, do we wind up with a a journalist on the other end? What I really mean is somebody who's genuinely curious, genuinely passionate. Um, you know, they still don't have to have perfect grammar. They still don't have to have perfect, you know, the ability to write a perfect title. We will continue working with these folks and coaching them. Like we do all of our freelance writers who are constantly perfecting their craft. To me, if we identify people who are passionate, are curious, and are dedicated to their neighborhoods, uh, that is success. That sounds great. So people are interested in, people are residents of South Memphis, Frazier, the Heights, or Orange Mount, or know someone that is, it's a good candidate for the program. We'll be accepting applications for another week. So you can, the, probably the best way to find out is to check check out the information about it on Facebook, but people can also email engagement at highgroundnews.com. There'll be something on our website on the High Ground News homepage at some point, uh, but just hit us up on social media if you want more information. Uh, I'll send out, we've got an online application, paper applications are available if, if uh, folks don't have access to a computer and we get the information to you right away and love for the more people that know about the more people that can. And we really uh, are excited about sharing the, the, the content that's generated by this cohort of students. And I promise that we will be featuring some of the participants again on the podcast. I feel sure. Oh, for sure. I feel like there will be you know, numerous ways to incorporate. And then I'm looking forward, you know, going forward, what does this look like in next iterations? We've already had people asking, you know, well, can we audit the classes? Like, can, what about if someone were a video person, could they do it? I mean, yeah, I like this also maybe turning into something more to get youth voice as a part of this. Um, Always looking for opportunities for for young people to have opportunities to share their yeah, voice. Yeah, absolutely. Too, we, so. we kind of made a decision this time, given that it's a pilot and we're on a learning curve. Um, we've worked with a couple of high school students in the past, and it's a little more challenging, you know. And so, but that's certainly something that we're looking towards in the future. Well, and I think one of the also because it's the first time we really not that people don't move because they do, but we could get a really awesome high school student, get them through, get a couple articles, and then they've gone to college. Yeah. And we're hoping that we get some people who are longtime residents who are going to be there. But for sure, we've had a lot of interest in organizations that want to partner with us on doing it for youth. So I'd love to see us go in that direction at some yeah. point. But September 13th is the most important date right now, right? So, so it's September 13th at midnight? Is yes. that what we said? Yes. Okay, so that's the dead the application deadline. That's the application deadline. All right. And when are people going to be notified? That's a good soon. Question. We're planning to start the the workshops in the first week in October. Yeah. So, so we're moving fast. It's a it's we're um we're being pushed to do a quick prototyping, which is good. It's good for iteration, but the Facebook grant is only about six months long. So Yeah, this is my first experience yeah. with a, a grant for six months. Yeah. And so we had to get out of the box fast and we're but Cole's right. It's good. We're we're just um we're committed to it. We're on on our schedule and we're really I can't can't tell you how excited we are about it. Really so pumped. excited. We've been this has been a fire for a while and we are stoked. Yep. So today's guests have been 
Cole Bradley, Managing Editor at High Ground, and Jared Meyer from the Heights CDC. I'm Emily Trenum, also from High Ground. Thanks, you guys, for being on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You can follow our ongoing neighborhood coverage at highgroundnews.com. If you like this podcast, please share, tag High Ground News, and also let us know how we're doing and what you'd like to see on future episodes. You can follow this podcast and others from the Daily Memphian on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and other podcast platforms. And thank you to our producer, Natalie Van Gundy. In-depth journalism in the Memphis community, the Daily Memphian is of Memphis, not just in Memphis, and seeks to tell the stories of this city. TheDailyMemphian.com. Truth in place.